0: On the Glory Glasses Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I'm sitting with Miss Vicki Tillery uh, in Southeast Georgia. Thank you, Miss Vicki, for being my guest today. Glad to be with you. Um, tell us a little bit of background. Introduce yourself to uh, our listeners. Well, my name is
1: Vicki Tillery. I am the mother of four sons uh, and a grandson. Uh, I have um I actually have a degree in chemistry. Uh, I used to work in industry, and I say God delivered me, (laughs) brought me home. You're a long way from the
0: chemistry (laughs) industry. Uh,
1: Brought me home uh, to raise four boys, and then I uh, went back when my oldest son went to college and got my
0: master's and Ph.D. in Christian counseling. Okay, okay. Uh, Well, neat. I didn't know you were a chemist. Oh, I'm not surprised. I've forgotten all of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. I'm an educator, and I, I feel like I've forgotten a lot of it. Um, well, tell me, um, before we go into too much, um, do you mind telling me your salvation experience? I would did, be glad to. When did uh, you get saved?
1: I actually was saved when I was 10 years old. It was okay. on an Easter Sunday. Oh, really? And um, March 29th, 1970, so that tells my oh. age. <laughs> well,
0: I love the fact that you know the date. I wish I did.
1: Uh, it was one of those things, I'll back up a little bit. When I was just a small girl, I believe God was calling me. You know, We think we're going after God, but really God is going after us. Um, and so when I was probably uh, four or five years old, I'd heard that Jesus would knock on your heart's door. <laughs> and so I went to my grandmother and I said, will I hear it? Will I feel it? And she would go, "Vicky, you will just know and it was kind of frustrating because how do you know when you don't know yeah and, and and so she said you will know well when i was 10 years old my aunt taught our entire church uh, the story of the life of Christ on Easter Sunday morning we had group sunday sunday school and she used a flannel graph
0: Oh, I remember those. Did you? A we, lot had the, of, we had the Bible ladies that came into school and they used the flannel graph and I just loved it. Well, I know that most people don't know what a flannel graph
1: is, so but you know, this is back in the day before there were uh, videos and all yeah. of that and, and, and so you would have paper doll figures that would uh-huh. and, and they would, But they were so colorful uh-huh. to me they were they were, they were, mm-hmm. and they helped my attention and so for the first time I realized what Christ had done for it for me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knocked on my heart's door. Mm -hmm. But I was a shy little girl, and I was too afraid to go to the altar and pray to receive Jesus because I didn't want to bring any attention to myself. So we went home. Uh, We hid Easter eggs in my grandmother's yard. And even our pastor and his fiance came and had lunch with us, but there was no way I was going to talk to anybody. And that night we went back to church. And 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 everybody was rejoicing and walking around and, and shaking hands and rejoicing as we were singing about we would be in heaven. And I had the realization that if I didn't have Christ, I would not be in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I believe that my aunt and uncle saw the conviction on me and they went to the altar to pray. And that gave me the courage to go down and, and pray. There was a little older lady there that knelt with me in the yacht, in the altar and we prayed and she would go, do you think you're saved yet? And I would be, I don't know. I mean, I was 10 years old. Right. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and finally she stood me up and say, uh, say what Jesus has done. Now you realize I was so shy. I probably said something like, I asked Jesus into my heart or, right. or, or I prayed to get saved tonight. Right. And I will tell you the minute I confessed it, I felt the peace of God. Now, many years later, I learned that if you will confess with your mouth mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That, for me, was when the peace
0: of God came. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what you, you mentioned that you got your PhD in biblical or Christian counseling. What led you to that?
1: I think, first of all, uh, when I was uh, in my 20s, Uh, and moved to south georgia i began to learn the truth that god speaks to you and i was so excited uh that god speaks and i was called to prayer and so as i would pray for people uh and people may would come and ask for prayer i would have nothing to give them and then god brought a mentor into my life that was a counselor Mm -hmm. and uh and from those two things, I begin to realize that that was what God was calling me to.
0: Okay, well, neat, neat. I know that um, I, I've recently transplanted over here, and that's how I met you. Is I needed a little bit of counseling <laughs> to get me through? I walked in Miss Vicky's doors. I uh, cried mess a couple of times, <laughs> and she helped me walk through that. And I was so relieved when I did search because I have some biblical counseling training. I am not a counselor. But I see the importance of it, and I knew I needed it. And so when I Googled it and your name came up, I was like, there cannot be a Christian counselor in this little town. So I was so relieved that God gave you that burden to do that. I like to ask, um, you know, when I do the podcast, is basically I like to say that we're going shotgun down the memory lane and that you're... Um, I'm riding shotgun and you're pointing out the glory of God in your life. Describe for me a moment in your life when God spoke to you personally. A lot of times we just really overlook that that is God's glory coming down from heaven, from the King, um, the throne of the Lord and that, that speaks to us. And so many people struggle with hearing the Lord. How how did you receive it and how did you respond?
1: Well, first of all, I'd been raised in North Georgia, and um, my parents did not go to church, so I didn't have a lot of teaching. And when we moved to South Georgia, I got into a church that was doing a study on what happens when women pray. And uh, and so I got so excited because I did not know. I mean, I'm a college graduate. I did not know that God spoke to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so one of our assignments uh, was to go home and to find a quiet place and ask the Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? It revolutionized my life. Um, I went home. We, We lived in a rental house. I didn't have a quiet place. I got behind a chair in the corner of a room, and I got my notebook out like I'd been instructed, and I said, Lord, is there anything that you want to say to me? And I had probably my first God experience. I, I, I It just was amazing to me to this day. I get excited even thinking about it. Because we were praying about buying a house or building a house. And uh, because we had to reinvest our money. And uh, and so we didn't know which one to do. Um one of the things, it wasn't that particular day, but, but, but that day I began to hear God speak to me about our house. But one morning, uh, I was reading in the, my daily Proverbs, and, and I believe it's chapter 24. It says, first clear your land, make, make, your, uh, make your field ready, then build your house. Mm. And it jumped off the page at me. And I knew that we were to buy an uncleared lot, and we were not to buy a house. We were to build a build a house, and uh, and God, and that day that I sat down with my notebook, God gave me such clarity uh, on on specifics for the house. And it would take me an hour to go into all those details, but I knew that I knew that. That that's where God wanted us
0: to build, and we live there today. Oh, really? <laughs> he gave. Usually, when God speaks, there's just an overwhelming. Um, it just the peace of God truly just covers you, and you know that that is the Lord. Uh, and you know nothing says in God's Word to pray for wisdom, and that it pleases the Lord. Well, wisdom is the Lord, so why would He not speak? You know. I don't, uh, we need we need to be bold enough to ask him to do that. Talking about journal entries, um, if I ask you to use a journal entry as evidence of God's um, work in your life, maybe protection or provision, or sometimes it's just a perfecting season in our lives. What season of your life would it would it come from? What 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 journal would you pull from?
1: Uh, Another one of my meaningful moments with God was uh, when I was 25 years old. uh, I was carrying our second-born son, and uh, uh, I was diagnosed uh, with ulcerative colitis. Uh, uh, To back up just a little bit, with my first-born son, I had gestational diabetes. He was a huge baby, and so uh, we didn't know it at the time because I was change him from North Georgia to South Georgia, mm-hmm. and so we the doctors didn't pick up on it. And so they decided that, that I would go and have a test with my SACA child to see if I had diabetes, and I was there at the hospital having the test uh, done, and I got very, very sick. And, uh, and so uh, I had a friend that just wheeled me around to the emergency room. And uh, just the the colitis and the issue had really kind of thrown me into to labor. And I was afraid I was going to lose my son. And I can remember just crying out to God, you know, uh, that, you know, don't let me lose this baby. And that was, again, another time that the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not going to lose this baby. And even though that my body was still doing all the things that did not look well, mm-hmm. uh, God uh, kept Carson. And so... Anyway, during that time, they they had to put me to they could not put me to sleep for for a colonoscopy. Um. And so I heard the doctors behind me saying, "This does not look good. That we we can't finish this test. We might perforate her colon. I don't know. It may be cancer." Now I'm going to tell you. Trials will get your attention, and God certainly got my attention. Well, at the same time, at my church, um, there was a man teaching on healing. His name was Manly Beasley, mm-hmm. and and so he was teaching on healing. And so he, from the perspective that he put it, was pray and ask God, "Do you want to heal me?" And so I began day and night saying, "God, do you want to heal me? Do you want to heal me?" You know, but and, but I had to surrender that if God healed me, fine. If or if He didn't, it would be fine. And so one night, uh, I'm laying in bed awake, and I'm again saying, God, is it your will to heal me? And all I had the faith for was to believe that after the baby was born, that God would heal me. Because they had said, once the baby is born, you can take medication, and we may be able to get you into remission. Mm-hmm. So I only had faith to believe after the baby was born, not thinking about how great God is. Uh, and so I was asking God, will you heal me in the future when the baby's born? And I had this thought drop into my mind, and it was like, Vicki, why are you praying to be healed in the future? Why don't you pray for me to heal you right now? And I should have had a V8 <laughs> because it was like you know, I wanted to thump myself in the head and say... Well, he is God. He is God. And I prayed. I laid there in the bed and I prayed, God, heal me now. I didn't feel anything. I didn't sense anything. I didn't hear anything. But the next morning I got up and I was watching a TV, a religious TV show. And a man was on there praying, and he said, "Someone with ulcerative colitis is being healed right now." And I hit my knees because I knew that I knew was, yeah. that I knew that God
0: healed me. And, and, and a year later, know. and a year later, it was confirmed with the test. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: that is amazing, and I, you know, I can't imagine the emotions and the thoughts because it wasn't just you; it was your baby. And then that also affects your your firstborn, you know, to be left. So, so much fear could have overtaken your mind. But God, it, it, it's like God brought Mr. Beasley um, into your life before. Right. He brought, he, he laid the path before you so you would be equipped to maintain your faith. I just, that's, that's, that's a blessing to hear. Um, if you could write a mission statement for your life, what would it say?
1: I think it would be like David when it said when the in the scriptures it says that David fulfilled the purposes of God in his generation and that has been my heart cry that I will fulfill the purposes of God what God has given me to do in my generation
0: um well, let's kind of move off of it's kind of your story it's what you do every day and that's what you helped me with but um Well, I feel like I am interviewing um, uh, the professional because you give out such good wisdom, and uh, you've just been obedient to God throughout your life, because I know you've shared several things with me when I've come in. If you could interview yourself, what question would you ask?
1: Uh, I think that I would ask myself, is there any hindrance between me and God? Because That relationship is vital.
0: Because, um, you know, um, it's one thing that I have struggled with when I moved here because there was so much emotional baggage of leaving our family and starting a new job and making so many decisions. You know, when you move somewhere after living somewhere 50 years, it it kind of does something to you. Um, Even though we were excited, it still had some emotion. And so I had to really work on renewing my mind and really refocusing how does this move living here look like through God's lens and not through my emotion. And of course, I have a lot of different people that I talk to and I see where they struggle with being um, almost fixated on some some fear, some worry or some tragedy, somebody they need to forgive and they just can't they want to but they can't move forward and last night when i was thinking about our um, interview today um, lean not on your own understanding is really what i kept hearing after i moved here lean not on your own understanding yana and so to not re- um, rely on my own understanding i have to renew my mind and that's really easy. That's a big word to say, you know. It's real easy. Everybody, you know, renew your mind. You know, um, what? Tell us as a counselor how that looks and how that maybe how you've used it in your life. Um, to because mental illness is something that's real, and uh, it seems as though uh, when you said generation, it made me think of this because there's a generation out here um, where fear and anxiety is overtaking them and they don't have the skill set to renew their mind.
1: Okay, well, there's several places that I can go. Uh, we know that that God has a purpose for everything He tells us. And He tells us, finally, my brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, if there's been any excellence or anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. So God has just told us, I want you to think on what's true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely. So
0: I shouldn't just sit there and try to think about what's the worst case? Scenario: how, do I, how can I get myself prepared? That's not biblical thinking. No, it's not because it doesn't meet true, honorable, oh, right, pure, and lovely. That's a struggle <laughs> this mama has. Sometimes I've always thought, well, let me let me let me get myself prepared instead of relying on the Lord. What does that? Um, what would you suggest to someone who has emotional hurt? How do you? What do you suggest that they? help move towards that renewal and not holding on to that baggage of
1: well then they've got to forgive you have to walk in forgiveness it is not forgiveness is easily said but hard to do and I think it's almost impossible without God's help uh, because there's things in my life that I know that I could not have forgiven if it was in the grace of God And, and so here's a little tidbit to help uh forgiveness is a choice i'm not a morning person i do not happily get out of bed in the morning i i slowly get up and i'm not a rise and shine kind of girl i do it because i have responsibilities not because i feel like it forgiveness is not some warm fuzzy feeling that you're going to do you do it by the grace of God, because it is a choice, not a
0: feeling, and it's really a commandment. I mean, God has said it's, it is. To think of uh, is it in Matthew? Um, I'm horrible with references where it says God does not receive our worship if you have hatred towards someone else, or you know, and that has really, when you think about God not receiving your worship. It just really just breaks my heart. And and it really becomes a small thing, that unforgiven. I mean, even though it was a lot of things I had to forgive in my life. But when I think about it separating me from the Lord, or for what He has planned for me, I'm like, it's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it.
1: I've just recently been studying uh, from a scientific point of view about thoughts. We know that the Word of God is true, and He's telling us to renew our mind, but uh, I've I've, uh, heard some psychiatrists and neuroscientists both say the same thing, where every every single time you have a thought, it releases a chemical. Every time you have a positive thought, it releases a positive chemical. Every time you have a negative thought, it releases a negative chemical. And so God is telling us to renew our mind because we can build, I say in quotation, little trees of thoughts Mm -hmm. uh, that are either negative or positive. And and we're just going to begin to go the path of least resistance. So we have to tear down the negative thinking. And we have to begin to fill our minds with positive thinking. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Mm.
0: It really is so much about our mind. And, you know, I can remember one of the first um, counseling seminars I went to, uh, it really described my life somewhat. It said, you know, sometimes you can have a, a fruit tree and it's producing bad fruit. And many times, you know, they'll just go pick off the bad fruit. So it looks like it's got great fruit, it's a great tree. But actually, till you get to the root of it, and what that tree needs from the root is going to continue to produce bad fruit, and it's the same with our those trees of thought. If it's negative, it's going to continue to um, produce some bad fruit in our lives, and maybe hurdles that we can't get over. That's very interesting and so wise. You are so wise. I always get so much out of our talks. <laughs> so thank you, Miss Vicky, for. Um, sitting down with me today and sharing with our listeners what God has done in your life and um, just the richness of his goodness. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be with you and sharing how great my God is. He is a good God.